0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. Hello, and welcome back to the Fontaine's podcast. Once again this week, it's another fantastic installment of rehash. Rehash season is well and truly upon us. This will be the last rehash, I believe. Next week we'll be back, both barrels, live and direct, giving you the, the weekly fill that you crave. But it's just been one of those little time periods where there's so much going on, and to To give you the cast that you require, um, we've just not found the time, and I would I would hate to deliver a half baked paella, you know. Nobody wants that, not a soul on this earth. So it makes more sense to regurgitate fantastic episodes that blew the proverbial socks off everyone. Um, this episode that was actually um, so well received that. It was nominated for a, a kind of war, an award in Ireland, I think, so like best short story or something, which is amazing honor. Um, yeah, we thank you for that. We do thank you for that. Um, aye, so it's uh, it's just myself because Jamie and Daz are back in Glasgow. I'm in London. We were recording this weekend in Liverpool. Week after next, we are back putting the finishing final touches on the album, which is. Uh, Pretty fucking amazing feeling. Liverpool was... wildly successful. It's actually the best time I've had in the studio in a long time. I feel the... I feel real good about it. About what we're we're about to deliver this year. But that's... that's for a story for another time. So that's for when the boys come back and we can all... bat it back and forth. Um, But, yeah. That'll be cool. Uh, This... this week's episode is about the time we went to Morocco. And... Got arrested. Yeah. In the in the jail. In the Moroccan jail in the Sahara Desert. So I let I let the story do the talking. But next week we'll be back full full force. And as always, we thank you for your continued listening listenership. It's um wildly appreciated. And uh God bless.
2: came to the fuzzy conclusion that my ultimate sexual fantasy is to get my head kicked in after the Emirates birds. Not my teeth out, the lot. A right good bashing. I don't know what it is about them. Maybe it's the gang mentality when you see them swarm across the departure lounge. Shrouded in a cloak of mystery, they seem to know things that us mere peasants don't. I'd love for them to chase me up one of those escalator walkways and totally kick fuck out of me in their wee red hats. It's around 8am and we're checking camera equipment into Glasgow Airport for a flight to Marrakesh. We've chosen to go to the Sahara Desert to shoot a music video for our song King. I'd been a year previously to Morocco had done some travelling about and reckoned it would be feasible. The price of flights, travel and living in the country would make it a realistic possibility to work within the budget we'd allocated ourselves. The Emirates lasses sadly don't seem to notice me. But the easy jet lady with the big strong arms Accommodates us with a lovely tender smile She puts us all to shame lifting the heavy luggage onto that big belt with great ease A couple's go outside for a last fag And I deposit some contraband into a grey bin That would maybe prohibit me from going anywhere Except the cells We get through the boarding pass bit easy enough But there's the usual shite of taking off your boots and belt The expected happens. They take me aside, giving me the now customary pat-down and they pull out all my stuff out my rucksack, giving my pants a particular inspection and a thorough swabbing. They find nothing but grim desolation. My pants are still wet, as are my socks. The gas hasn't been paid in my flat so I could not dry them and I thought, what better place than the Sahara Desert? Surely the heat there would resurrect them back to glory. I explained this to the police, and they're less than amused. Not completely unamused, but somewhere in between smug and contempt. I'm told to get on my way, and I feel suspicious as I shuffle into duty-free trying to hold up my temporarily beltless chinos. The perfume girls from Chanel and Dior catch my eye, but they're nowhere near the standards of the eminence lasses. It's just the ultra-camp guy for Beckham's new whiskey who summons me. I have a wee flirt with him to try and get a second dram. In a WH Smith, I'm buying some Monster Munch, a copy of the papers, and one of the big duty free carton of fags. Woman asked to see my passport, and I fumble in every pocket trying to find it, emptying my wet pants onto the floor and the counter. Fuck, I can't find my passport, sorry. I shove the wet pants back into my bag and I start to panic. I run out of the shop and sprint towards the police. They can see me for a hundred yards or so running as fast as I can, ignoring both the band and my newly found whiskey boyfriend. Both coppers look at each other and they guffaw as I breathlessly inquire about my passport. They ask the relevant authorities about it, as slowly as possible it seems. Nay joy, I'm back out into the checkout area and I'm running past another group of beautiful eminence girls. The strong armed woman with a motherly smile is more helpful. And she sympathetically puts out a call to some other airport cunts. It's not been found. Retracing my steps, I procure it for the grey bin where it's been nesting and next to a cluster of my pocket dwellings. the some Asians there who look befuddled as I peer back out the bin, delighted with myself, holding my coveted prize of a passport. I try and explain to them that I didn't mean to put my passport in the bin but they don't speak English, so it's just me pointing at the bin and then pointing at my passport, then back to the bin again. Back upstairs, and I try to skip the queue, but I get snibbed and I get sent to the back. Eventually, I get through the scanner. My bags have been flagged again, so I stand waiting on the people having a feel of my wet pants once more. I pretend somebody's phoning me so I can ignore both the police and the guy that was flirting with me selling the whiskey. The band wonders where I was running to as they finished their £15 fry-ups. There's no time for me to order a scan, so we proceed to the gate. I had just enough time to get the paper and the monster munch that I wanted before. The flight lands in Morocco about noon. It's a good temperature. Being April, it's about 25 Celsius in a cloudless blue sky. The sun smiles down as we depart the plane and the moon is also present. When we get inside the airport, the six put on sunglasses and we swagger towards the customs desk like a crap reservoir dogs. Perch upon poofs more like. I'm first in line but as I'm ushered towards a desk by a smoking moustached man there's a morose epiphany as my passport is no longer in my breast pocket. Another jaunt backwards and a few sweet talks to let me back through outside and back onto the plane. There's a grumpy wee Welsh woman holding a hoover and she's glaring at us. It was found in my chair's wee pocket next to the sick bag and in-flight magazines. Another man, with a bigger moustache, declines my desire for a stamp on the passport. He grudgingly beckons me through while shaking his head. How else will people know if I've been to Morocco if the man won't give me a stamp? Disheartened, we head over at the currency exchange where they wouldn't accept my £500 of scotch notes for dirham. The cashiers hold it up to the light, inspecting and scrunching their noses. Phone calls are made, and about six different, smoking, mustached men are consulted. But it seems unexchangeable. I need to, for the next week, constantly battle with the rest of the band with fluctuating exchange rates—a major inconvenience—and in everybody else who had the foresight to do the money-swapping thing the day before. Outside, the sixes are guided in a yellow taxi by a smoking man with a moustache. Four in the back, which I've devil experienced, but for the first time ever, there was three years in the front. I've got the weeest bum, so instead of a seat, I've, I've just got to hover above the gear stick as the driver manoeuvres his hand in between my legs. He honks his horn cheerfully as we set off towards our digs in the city. Traffic is crazy, and the cabby navigates expertly through throngs of mopeds and other taxis. Every other vehicle was honking their horns in this 15-minute period of travelling, all for various different reasons. The universal sound of Marrakesh is the honking of horns, along with the calls to prayer from the mosques. We have a running joke throughout the week that's actually something reading at the FIPA scores. Vacating the taxi, we are greeted by the manic scene that is the Jamaa El Fna. None of our party can pronounce this, so it's just rechristened the big square. It's the old execution site in the middle of Marrakesh, and it's just this constant whiz of energy. People dressed in clothes for Indiana Jones films, selling spices and shouting in Arabic, and amongst snake charmers, monkeys dressed in nappies, and guys doing dentistry work sitting on buckets. Tiny lanes packed with vendors and exotic smells lead the way to your digs for the night. Obstructed by smelly donkeys and wee boys trying to punt hankies, we get up into the guesthouse where we are welcomed by a smoking moustached man with mint tea. A quick check-in and we soon rendezvous on the roof to smoke some nice hash in the company of several dozen storks who are either lazing around or balancing on one leg. It's optimum condition for the laundry and I scout a secluded sun trap away from the storks dry my knickers as the mosque announces the SPL results. Oscar, who's the guy that's directing the video, a no, pal, since day one, has got a couple of ideas in mind for what he's wanting for the video, but we're all pretty clueless about what the end product will be. It's decided that we head out a wee stoke and get our bearings around this crazy city. There's so many colours and bizarre scenes that present themselves almost immediately that it would be ideal for shooting, as they say in the camera world. A few prime locations are noted and ideas get curated, so we stop and have a little bite to eat. A tagine gets ordered, which is served in a big clay sharing bowl of mixed stuff. It appears to have too many bits for me. I'm not really into the bits. The group readily try the local cuisine to positive reviews and they enjoy the bits. But being dubious of the stuff and the bits, I just eat six bread rolls and a wee bit of and bit-touched couscous none of that foreign muck for me if it's no bread or chips and it can get to fuck a few different travel agencies are sought out and we find a couple that are desert bound somebody leads us downstairs into a smoke-filled brown-tiled room with only a desk and two moustached men behind it fist in one hand with moustaches pressed against a cigarette yield another we troop into the room all smiles and handshakes but the men just give serious nods of the heads, rustling their tashes a wee bit on their finger. It wasn't the warmest of welcomes, but we get down to business. Oscar, Kea and Fraz, our tour manager at the time, are right good at these negotiations and we're battling for the best deal. So they do the talking and I do the daydreaming. The Moroccan chuckleless chuckle brothers open their arms and smile and we all shake hands, and hand over the dosh. A bus is leaving for somewhere is all I've picked up in the deal. Extremely vague details, but it's going to pick us up at nine the next morning. Nice one. We leave the room walking backwards, nodding and smiling, and handshaking all the way up the stairs. Cafe Clock is this cool place that we found by accident, and it's got live music and traditional storytelling. It's not really a touristy venue, and they wonder what our story is. We now have our first gig in Africa booked. But it's on Friday night. We're going on this mystery bus tomorrow, Monday. We're hoping to get to the desert. We're back Friday afternoon for the gig. Class. Full immense tea and excitement, we return to the markets where some Arab robes get purchased. The Turkish in care means he knows how to haggle with the traders. Same way Oscar and Fraz. Me, John and Daz, on the other hand, we're too pale, quasi-Irish and Catholic for it. one in the three of them seem to buy seems to be half the price. I'm particularly bad at negotiating money and even worse when it's in dirhams. The locals convince me every time that my price is the best and I'm a total sucker for it. Eventually we find a place that sells beer so we get a wee drink and smoke a shisha. Up early bells next day, I fetch my underwear for the roof and I say good morning to the Storks. We get on board this rickety mystery minibus with some Germans and a Korean family. The bus shudders to a start and sways out the old city walls into the stunning countryside, which was void of honking horns or any other traffic at all. Fuck knows where we're off to. Within one hour, the minibus was up in these snowy mountains, which looked a million miles away for the, the heat of Marrakesh. A delightful snowball fight has begun during a stop, but it's brought sharply to a halt by the barking bus driver, who gets grumpy at the near-miss of his moustache by a rogue ball of icy slush. There's a few locations we stop at over the day, usually at various sets where films have been filmed, Gladiator, Star Wars, etc. There's some cool places, but over the course of a dinner, Comprised the bits and stuff. A magic genie in blue robes appears for behind one of my bread rolls, and he informs us that the barking bus driver's rickety old bus is no going anywhere near the real desert. Little Girl's desert was the Barker's destination. Real man's sand dunes. was Lasan's. Lasan was quickly named Larson, and we blindly gave the King of Kings her dirhams. The Shigly bus honked its horn in syncopation with the barking man in the driving seat. He barks instructions for us to board the bus, but we shrug and shake our heads trying to explain. The driver cares not, and off he woofs to the little girl's desert. Larson, who didn't have a moustache, had previously drove the photographers for National Geographic, so he had some good ideas up his genie sleeves. First he drove us in a six-seater to some halfway house, where a tagine and more bits was laid out. Too much foreign objects in it, so i opt for some rules. The next morning we go on the best car journey I've ever been on, highlighted by Henrik's choice of sounds. It was a USB stick, all this assorted African music. It was in random shuffle, but seemed like it was designed specifically for the trip. The surroundings of the views, and routes that Larson took changed dramatically every hour or two. Red sandy rocks, We snake in impossible roads To vast green pastures Looked like how you might think where the dinosaurs would have once roamed Truly astounding again Was the soundtrack in the Nigerian gospel choirs And jazz blues from Mali Larson passes round Keith That we smoke from an intricate long pipe As we meet this lonesome donkey Tied to a tree near no one or nothing A small debate about what to do in case this lonely donkey belongs to someone and we've set it free and it gets lost, we can't fit him in the car either. Collective guilt as we just drive away, leaving him looking all sad and dusty. At night time, we stop at this other bed and breakfast in a place called the Valley of the Roses. Early bells again, and we're off to the Sahara for the night. There's a stop in a city called Wierzazati where they film Game of Thrones and we get stocked up in the biggest bottles of water and highest factor sun cream It's the last stop before Larson leaves us in the hands of someone else and there's an inexplicable and healthy anticipation Into the last bit of road before it was just rocky ground The top notch soundtrack is interrupted hilariously by Aqua's Barbie Girl Hi, Bobby. We can't breathe from laughing in the people carrier while Larson just drives on unaware of what's funny David Goetta was on the speakers as we finally meet our desert dwelling guide in a landscape of sand with his herd of camels who've all got flies in their eyes. We can see massive dunes in the distance, this is a big boys desert right enough, big bastard camels as well and I'm no too keen on them, Mine's appears to be growling. Sitting on its hump, you must hold on tight as the grumpy camel stands on his backwards knees. Off we start to trot. The camels are tied together in single file, so it's easy to help keep them in line. As far as I'm aware, you don't get camel dogs. Frazzy's camel, which is last in the line, has somehow managed to untie itself and wanders off leaving my friend to squeal in distress as his GG starts to walk in the opposite direction. It was some hassle I was trying to get it back With all the camels we were all chasing it through the desert. Once we get them back there's a competition to see you can roll a joint on top of the moving desert beasts But nobody succeeds. We stop for a pish outside this random shed It was locked and a Sherpa man couldn't explain its existence adding it to the confusion. We'd read about desert mirages but we could actually chap this shed's door I thought it was quite a nice wee shed. A few years later, we also came across this set of skis sticking out of sand dune. Again, the Sherpa was unperturbed by this. His lack of concern for random desert artifacts was starting to annoy me. Maybe that was normal in these barren parts. Maybe it's the same as when we find like trolleys and that down the Clyde. The sun has moved to the other side of the sky. As the camels descend a big dune towards a makeshift camp The site has large canvas sheets Pulled over five foot wooden poles in a circular shape With a space in the middle for a fire Dismounting the growling camels And sprinting up the sand We make sure we get the best use of the daylight for the video And out of this world sunset happens Where we sit at the highest point to reflect The sky is the biggest I've ever seen it and the clearest stars begin to twinkle. It's a bit hard to work out how to get back down this 50-foot hill. I think that's why the camels have got backwards knees. Logic prevails, and I do a big long forward roll. I thought I broke my neck, but I just had the wind knocked at me. I get helped up five minutes later, and taken back to the camp. While we wait on our supper, of bones and bits, Fraz starts to squeal in distress again. Under his camel's wheel duvet is a fucking scorpion. It's an ugly, ugly little demon. Like an armoured spider with crab arms and a cattle prod. No chance. The Sherpa guy only seems animated when Kerr asks him if it's dangerous. Of course it's fucking dangerous. He picks it up by the stinger and goes to release it somewhere. Maybe that's what the wee shed was for. Scorpions. I travelled to the wee shed in the night on a pair of skis to store the scorpions. I couldn't stomach the big bowl of whatever it was for Saharan supper, and there was no bread rolls, so I went hungry as the weather started to turn cold. The scorpion would not leave my head as everyone went to bed after the shaman's 45 minute song and drum performance. He was entranced, but I got quickly bored. By this point, I was wearing every bit of clothing I had with me. Everything was tucked into everything else to get me maximum defence for the scorpions. I stayed up wide awake with a fire for a good while, but decided to eventually lie down and had horrible arachnid infested nightmares. Candidly awful. The day of the gig, and someone has managed to get a Wi Fi signal for one of the camels. It looks like the gig will be busy. Cafe Clock have promoted it well, and it seems like there's a lot of people going. By the time we meet Larson again, he's pushed for time to get us where we need to be to catch the only bus back to Marrakesh. But he gumps it on the gas anyway. On arrival in some little town, we bid our farewells and he sips back off into the African sun. Standing in the dry heat, it's decided to go for a stock up of juice and supplies for the four hour journey ahead. Walking back in the distance, there's a sugary minibus coming out of the dust and it drives right past us as a smoking, moustached, barking man barks something as he sped on. Someone manages to get Wi-Fi from the cloud of dust, and we let Cafe Clock know there would be no performance that night. It was totally gutting, but we would never have made it back in time. Tomorrow would be no use either, because they had the belly dancers booked. There's a caravan park about a mile up the road, and we're told by curious locals, so we go up, and managed to get a few beds for the night. It was quite luxurious, with a swimming pool and a wee bar. We'll just chill out here for the night. There's another bus in the morning. A wee drink, and we watch Alan Partridge safe from the harm of scorpions. At noon the next day, we're back in Marrakesh, and we waste no time getting as much footage as possible for the video. We found this tiny traffic island that we would get class shots of the cars and the scooters, It looked great through the lens as if the cars were all driving round about care while he's rapping. After a good few takes, it's brought to the attention that the police are across the road. They're pointing and they look stern. Once they manage to dodge the traffic, they tell us to follow them and their moustaches back across the road and down to the police station. En route, Oscar manages to beautifully slip the memory card thing out his camera and pass it backwards. This is important because they made us delete all the footage on the camera. It was sheer genius. Down at the Slammer, it was by no means Midnight Express, but it was not pleasant at all. We got taken again to a brown room with a desk and some chairs. There was talk before of the consequences of filming illegally in the country, but it was reckoned we'd just get away with it. After waiting on a translator for a good few hours, we just sort of walked away. For the prison. A couple at a time, so it was still a little bit inconspicuous. They only half-heartedly tried to stop us. The most passive jailbreak in history. Back at our hotel that evening, the sound of your track king has been played from downstairs. Kicking our heads over the balcony to see who the culprit is, it's the police. One of them looks like a classic detective. They would like to serve these passports, and as you'd imagine, mine's isn't where I thought it was. I can't remember who smooth talked to Polis, but after I returned downstairs with my freshly found identity documents, it was on the roof next to my makeshift washing line. They were away. Freedom celebrations are held watching the belly dancers at the cafe clock. The shisha pipes are flowing. We without out the staff that will return one day. Inshallah. If God wills it. Another taxi picks us up in the airport the next evening. Again, there was four in the back and three in the front with me squatting in the gear stick cos I've got the weeest bum. A group consensus that it was probably the best adventure we had had so far with the band. It was a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Unless, like me, you've been before. A twice-in-a-lifetime thing in that case. <laughs> <laughs> I got to put that scene of writing that story. I meant to uh, keep putting in that and like every. What the you uh, had been? Because uh, I mean, I was, every <laughs> slagging before, because I was like, right, see, we I get there, we should go and do this. Because like, <laughs> I've been telling the waitresses or our folk in hotels, and that's like, I've been there before. I've, I've been here before. <laughs> and I, just, I know, I know how it goes down. <laughs> do
0: you think that's still one of the best places we've ever been. <clears throat> Aye? Aye? Going to the Sahara Desert was.
1: Mental. The place we were originally going to go, they called it the Little Girls Desert, or the Coca Cola Desert. One guy I said. Co-
2: co- I, I, I it was mostly yeah, twos, it was twos. Dry, it was But and I remember driving up, and
1: it's it's on approach, it's it's just like you're driving <laughs> through the stuff or something. It's like all gravel <laughs> and like crap, and then
2: I just, it just gradually gets me and me standing. And then before it just it just It's jaw dropping. See like the
1: the computer screen saver you get where you type uh. in like it's like a Windows a window screen I, it's phenomenal
2: I we'd watching the sunset smoking smoking a doobie and, the,
1: and remember the time we arrived there was like uh, 2 o'clock or something like that and we weren't allowed to go in because it was too the, hot for the, the oh. for the camels I for
2: the camels it was too warm for the camels but I, I remember before we went in that town of it and we got hundreds of water and sun cream and Bankhead it was like everything was getting factor 90 and like massive massive, massive bottles of water but because it was only April it was like it was the weather was just quite nice. <laughs> was, I think it's going, be desert, it's going to be the hottest thing ever. And it was actually, like, it's pleasant. Pure, <laughs> it's pure
1: fear mentality. It's like the coronavirus. stuff, Everybody <laughs> buying all on hand sanitiser. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought uh, uh, i mind
2: mean, being on the camera. I'm thinking this is, mm. this is perfect temperature. Mm.
0: <laughs> but it's funny how freezing it gets at night, though.
2: Aye. Did we get there and then
0: we only had an hour of sun and then it just got, like, instantly freezing and dark?
2: Never get never get instantly freezing no, no. we... It got cold at night, but it got dark, and then it was like still. We we
1: warming, arrived. We arrived with like minutes to spare to go and get ready to go up to the top of the. I was dune and film the sunset. The medium sync the camera. Like we just made it in time. Like you only. I remember you only had like one or two goes at it. Aye, totally to run through it, and um, and then then we managed to just catch like you rolling down the dune. Aye. You were know, breaking your neck
0: and. That was amazing, but man, that was phenomenal. It was quite a mental thing to do. Just take this mad leap of faith to go with a guy, a guy. A guy. <laughs> like if he'd have fucked us or we'd just be in the middle of nowhere in Morocco. Well, well, prior to that, I think because
1: we to get to one of the cities, no, to get to the barking, the barking driver as you called them, that was just a kind of travel agent.
2: Aye, I was just from Marrakesh. It was just a wee day trip. Aye, well, that, so that night
1: we were going to go back. Aye, that was fine. But then we we, we bumped into the genie, as it were. That was just a random guy uh, it, who was there,
2: like a Moroccan version, like a like a service station, I which which and he, and he was dressed like a genie. So I think that's
1: why we were taken by it But Like in hindsight,
2: was he not just sitting eating dinner with us or lunch? with No, it no, was, uh, uh, where,
1: where we were, it was sort of like it was like a service station, like a Moroccan service station. But,
2: uh, the bus we were on stopped there, and we were all getting something to eat. Mm-hmm. And he was just
1: kicking about. And he came up and said to us where we were going was the Coca-Cola desert, the little girl's desert. Oh, aye. But it was very convincing, so we were like, all right, cool, well, we'll go with you. So we just stayed then.
2: And then I remember... But was that, little? You know, like three nights with him or something? Aye. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, I, I mean, that, his trip was but phenomenal. Three nights, was only two nights with him because one night was in the desert. I think as well
0: we'd kind of realised, we'd been in Marrakesh for like one or two days filming, working are like, kind right... We filmed them. We can here. film here. We need to. We need to go. Uh, hang
2: on, guys. I think was perfect. I was amazing. amazing I remember
1: Oscar and I. had to go with one of the shepherds in a car with two of his pals, like for two hours to do the money. To do the money thing because there, no, there was no ATMs or anything like that. So, so we had to go with them to pay it. But it was like it was two hours away, man, and it was getting dark, and it was like total fucking. Paraville, because what where the fuck are we going here? I don't know this guy. And just, or are sitting, talking, laughing in the front, smoking <laughs> that key from me, Oscar <laughs> in the back. we like, fuck fucked here, man. And we're away from the Afghan border. I think you were chilling by that mad caravan pool place. Oscar and I,
0: Oscar and I left you uh, for a while. I remember that, I That rings a bell
1: it was absolutely fine not I,
0: they were bang on they were he brilliant was great great guy I, was great, was, great driver oh,
1: so good I remember as well see, with the, with the scorpion um, I said what would happen if
0: one of us would get stunned by that <laughs> Yeah, and he was like <laughs> laughing saying we would use magic <laughs> was uh, the see but the valleys?
2: I mean saying uh, <coughs> you ask asking ah, it's dangerous it's <laughs> just I'm going yes <laughs> Yes,
1: and that's a funny way eh? But I mean, the, the reason that <laughs> all came about was that Bands generally, when you go to a music video It's the, kind of the typical setup is Get in a room and play the song like it's live And we'll film it from different angles And you can maybe put on different clays Kid
2: Onyes are cool as
1: well Kid are cool, we'll do something in slow motion And you know, at that point, <laughs> we were like We'd be better just taking the two grand or whatever it was I can't even mind how much the trip cost
0: it was, wasn't, wasn't Maybe as much as that
1: The and flight's for we'll
0: like 70 quid or something fine. And
1: we'll just go away So the idea was with the King videos Every time I was doing sync to the camera I would, I would spin it left or right or up or down And we would go to a new place So we managed to blag We managed to blag loads of it for free We, done, we filmed in the bars, the Barras market On the bikes, which we got the chopper bikes From various pals and people we knew And we'd done that Oscar was in the back of a boot with the car driving we were just riding up the, beside them. We managed to get the the place where the kind of cereal scene is. Was that... um M&D's?
2: That's, that's Under the Storm. No, it's not. No, there is that King? Oh, I saw mm-hmm.
1: it is, I. It's in that steak and cattle road place. Oh, I, I, I saw it is. It's like a mad grease themed type bar. And then... <laughs> we thought we'd hit up Murrayfield Stadium to see if we could do it in there. Aye. And I remember him saying, "I absolutely. Uh, what budget have you got for it? Because it costs like something stupid, like four grand to turn on the lights for the stadium, just to turn them on." And I'm like, "We don't even forty quid, mate. So he get again, I just go back and say, cool. We'll send a tweet, and you can do it for free." <laughs> and he came in and he had King playing through the stadium, and and he had it on the big screens. And I was doing sync there, and then and then we went down to London as then well. Then we went to London. <laughs> They film a bit of, I mean, there's loads of stuff that never made it. Like, mm-hmm. I was filming in the, remember, the escalators in Russia. Um oh,
0: aye. What? Just got up aye. doing sinking the escalators where people try trying aye, to get like to like like, oh, In the underground in, in London. Spent, like, two hours or something. Like, you're, like, Random, with me behind, behind you, you. with,
2: the, with the Well, going the opposite way. Aye, just aye. the stuff like that, aye. That must have been so annoying. The for the it was. Aye, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it was, no, never it was made it. Rotting. I've done my footies and.
1: Central Station. We've done the same station. thing. We try to get
2: a, a, a time lapse photo. Time lapse we We have to, to me still in the middle for ages while we all walk <laughs> by, still. looking like uh-huh. fannies. I feel terrible thing about that. And also,
1: then we went to the Emirates Skyline thing. We have done a bit right. of that. And then with the boys, who can't every making look. We got them after they finished work. We went to the work, because they got a the big yeah. PR for them, which was one of the places where we just got, like fucking a. Eh, Multicoloured couches and like the ball pits and all that. It was one of the APR firms where people can just relax, like a kind of fucking Google type place. It was mad. So then from that, so that was all the kind of UK stuff. And then we went to Morocco. And I remember getting off the plane in Morocco and getting into the taxi and then getting out on the road and just thinking, why the fuck did we just not go to Benidorm This is mental but We got here.
0: really bumped in the taxi as well, uh, didn't we? They'd it, seen us coming a earlier man. It was like, 30 quid or whatever, and then we didn't realise once you get there that everyone's like four Two pence. pence. <laughs> but the
2: taxi getting for the airport yeah. to Marrakesh. I mind, I mind saying that because <laughs> well, you'd be in Ireland, like, yeah, Honestly, hours. you don't get those taxis <laughs> because they bump you.
1: And then from there, we went to our wee guest house, which was great We are storks. And then the
0: first time we seen them poured the tea from
1: about a mile away for the
0: cup, the tea was. Is it? It was mint tea. Mm-hmm. It was like super sweet mint tea. I think I brought something back with me.
1: When was it we? The police came. Was when that was so when we came back to Marrakesh? Or, no, that's aye. When, no, aye. it wasn't actually. I don't no. That was aye. before we went. That's why we left to go to the desert.
2: No, when we came back, it was like the last day.
0: I think it was. Aye. I
1: think was it. it right? Aye. So what was? So we were filming. I was doing sync, facing the traffic. Is it or traffic would come no you
2: were you were you were in the face in the, track, you were facing the same way as the traffic but standing on this wee traffic end, so it looked like both cars were coming and splitting round about you like
0: mm. do you mind the guy I don't know why I've just remembered this do you remember the guy who had done the face swap <laughs> with my face swap <laughs> <off. laughs> <laughs> I was going to try and find it <laughs> no, I that was
2: my profile picture for ages I've got that so funny <laughs>
1: You still got it? Aye, on it was on my Facebook profile picture. <laughs> 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 so how did Larson come about then? Was he part of the genie's team?
2: He was a genie.
1: No, he wasn't he. He wasn't the guy, Larson was the guy that lured us in. The genie was a different guy. The genie was the guy me and Oscar went with to go and pay.
2: All oh, right. well I just wrote in the, the way I wrote the story. was just about Larson No no so He, was he, a, in, he introduced was us to now. Larson And Larson Larson's was a all blue Aye That's why I threw the genie So I just thought
1: it was him No Larson wasn't that guy Larson wasn't that. He was a brilliant boy How did the Cafe Clock gig come about?
2: Eh uh, Cos See cos I had been there before Eh <laughs> uh, Meant to be a cool wee Cafe to go to uh-huh. but, Uh huh eh And then we went there And then Just cos we were wondering why F- Fucking Six Scottish folk, man. Do you know what like, he's doing? Sort of thing, Go and going to make a music video and then go. going, oh, you're a band and then. Uh, you could play here, sort well, of you thing. You could play here on Friday night. We could get you. the wasn't going to be like full. I'd be like, kit, like a kit around, but like a bongo drum and a guitar, which is still enough to.
1: Try and get a gig with
2: it? I, I, dear fucking, say we're playing. i are playing in Marrakesh on Friday night. <laughs> I wish that had happened, man. I thought it would be great. Just to say. Done again in Africa. What is it about? Well, at least we've been, but uh, imagine, there's still time. Aye, hopefully Do play in Africa. What is it
1: about uh, bits and food that you don't like? Um, Why do you only like I don't know, it's not chips a taste, and bread?
2: But I think it's just see we meet. You get like especially when it's on the bones and all that, like gristly bits and. Uh, the time cause I'd been there before. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I remember meeting these two guys who owned the shop but their house was sorta of the shop as well. Like they cleaned the bit away at night and yeah. slept there. They had said, You do you wanna come in for for dinner? One night I went in, and they was like, What'd you like? And I was like, eh uh, chicken And then oh he goes back five minutes later with a chicken <laughs> <laughs> a full fucking chicken and then like I didn't watch him do it but I knew yeah. I knew that the full chicken apart from the feathers was in that Tagine. hang like absolutely everything like was was right, there was all... that. no he took the feathers off but like, I, there was not much it, I was sort of at the corner of my I could see him take the feathers off but then I <laughs> knew the news was like started like choking my sea daff and pulling all the fucking bits all the bits out of it you need to eat this he's going to this this bottle I think it was just because I knew that all the I don't know what they're called innards wasn't it just I I meant chicken I I meant like (laughs) like, (laughs) I meant chicken And then he meant I I suppose didn't he specify I would like something with bread chicken with bread crumbs in it
1: Obviously, that's at the time that you weren't a vegetarian, mm-hmm. so. It'd be 2015. Do you look
0: back fondly on the, how good the tagines were? They were good for the first couple of days, but then it was every fucking day. That was all we got. That's all we ate. I remember there was good olives. There
1: was good olives. I I loved the tagines, man. I could eat that. And that good. Shit I, could, I
0: could eat it now, probably. It was just after like Maybe. the fifth one or something, and the they, they pull it off as if. It's got to be something different. <laughs> 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 it's just the same thing. <laughs> the food at the market bit was good. I remember getting good good shit there. Kebabs? Was kebabs. There was a lot of like mo- dancing monkeys and stuff. I remember <laughs> Just chained up? Aye, like that. They're, all, they're scary. scary. Wee nappies on. Aye. No, but they're all
1: trained to fucking thieve at you as well. Aye, I don't like that. One was sitting on your shoulder with that one up in your back pocket.
2: Oh. Oh. Dressed as Buzz Lightyear. Like <laughs> <laughs> <I don't laughs> Dirty one. Buzz Lightyear. Like
1: it's fucking horrible, isn't it? Snakes, man.
0: Yeah, uh, there were snakes.
1: All sorts. I couldn't recommend the place enough, though. By the way,
0: mm-hmm. have you been back? you been,
2: have you been back
1: I, I went to. When I went back, though, I went to
2: uh, Tangier. Why have like, well, I forgotten it's not called Tangier? Uh, not No, it was Tangier. Tangier.
1: Mhm. That's where I went, which was nice. But totally different, different. Aye, totally different. I, I'd still say Marrakesh walks it in terms of experience. Um, remember when we were in the in the desert, had to set up for the night sleeping. Another tour group came as well, with Italians and stuff.
2: I think it was just an Italian couple just appeared there, but they appeared there when it was dark. Aye, like somehow just. Were we drinking? Did have
0: booze? We never really got any
2: booze. No, we we had a couple of nights in Marrakesh. There was one like like touristy place, and it was just a British or European people all mm Mhm. It was mm-hmm. uh, quite hard to get ones. Ah, there's only only a couple of places to sell it. Ah, uh, because I've I've been there before, so uh, it's uh, like. I guess you've been there before, so. Yeah. Uh, I knew that. <laughs> you, you knew you were I coming. Thank God you got me. I don't know why we needed this Larson guy.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Remember we all bought caftans.
0: Did you buy a caftan? Ah, uh, aye, aye.
1: Bought a couple. I still wear it. I bought like a
0: a black overall type thing. Aye. And I bought
1: a wee teapot and the tea. I still oh, like I, my caftan, man. I, I still wear that kicking about of my house.
2: Is that a caftan? No, it's not is actually a caftan. caftan's a
1: longer I, one. My one's
2: uh. This is just jumpers. We just got sort of. It's like a skin. half caftan, only we <laughs> Half tan? <laughs> half tan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I like that. It's still fucking. Start a bit. Half calf? Half calf. <laughs> 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 Anything else from you that like you've got?
2: Just a bit, eh uh, Frazz on the camel Just like uh, how Surreal that was All uh, well, the camels going up the hill And his is just Sort of Walking away But it's <laughs> be surprised At the sort of the speed That he's just <laughs> Disappearing <laughs> Into the desert On this camel Screaming <laughs> <laughs> What well,
1: the camels Chained up?
2: The, guy, like, the just guys rope. were just Kind of like Leading them uh, Like they were, We were on
0: the camels Kind of felt there, bad there'd, there'd, be, be...
2: there'd be rope Between them <laughs> Right But eh uh, Tied to like the have we hook at the like the back each person's one.
1: I didn't like when you started scalping the camels to go the the way they
2: should. Better than scalping us. Tell us where to go. That'd be much worse. They were also hoofing the old camels, weren't they?
0: Aye. And the novelty of them wore off definitely after the first twenty minutes. Oh, aye, hundred <laughs> percent. How us here inside of your legs. <laughs> That's
2: a shame Imagine doing that for Months. Do you think they're doing that right to now? To get to Cairo and <laughs> you know all that. Trading your. Uh, I don't know what they say. Bars of macaroon. Do <laughs> <Gilly> babies? Who <laughs> else? The only um, bit I was thinking about was just that word. Shooting, <laughs> because we were there and we kept having to say that we're, we were shooting. We were shooting. <laughs> 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 still, I, I still get find that weird when folks they can't like any will just use it normally. I've, but well, I'm, I'm shooting him. I'm shooting this band tonight. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> seeing that, seeing that, a bit when the the police guys came and walked us. What was it is that like a holding cell? It, t- it took us to.
0: It just looked like a wee
1: bit, it looked like a taxi rank or something. Like what would time if we never went with him? I don't the, know. The, there w- no, there was there wasn't a there wasn't any. He never alluded to the fact that we could say no. It wasn't like.
0: Uh, it was a very big language barrier. Aye, aye. aye but. It I remember.
1: Say- him, I remember him saying like so, you, you work BBC. You work with BBC. You work with bbc you must be they were basically looking for a because you need you need a permit to film mm, in countries so when well, we just tried to blag it so when they took us they were trying to get money off us for filming there and like the story says i remember oscar being total class while we were walking there he was just shooting bits of like the the road or like people walking uh, by as if that's as if what, that's that's what we were, we're doing and then knowing that we would get it have to delete mm. it and he slipped the card to one of us he
2: gave it to join or something like that
1: who planted it <laughs> And then they went in Giving it to you What BBC And also was like Look I'll, I'll delete All the footage then
0: I was a story Not that we were Just filming a video t- a, a tourist A tourist video Like a holiday Lovins. video <laughs> I
2: mean, we weren't uh, We weren't <laughs> off of but Just a group <laughs> of files, <pals laughs> Filming each other said, But then that, but
1: that's, that's where It got a wee bit sticky Because when we managed to When we were away To get a translator And we just kind of Two by two left and then they came back and got us at the hotel. We only knew we were at the hotel because we heard their song King playing. Uh, so yeah. what had happened was the guy who was the guest house, who owned the guest house? The Johnny, The Janny the guest house he'd or he'd whatever. Grassed us in. He'd grassed us in because we've been telling him we we're a band and all this. Like. So he's playing the tune. Mm-hmm. So, so then they get us down, wanting all the passports, giving it, look at this. You're not just you're not just film a friend's video, you are a thing.
0: But then just nothing happened. <laughs> but then we sort of
1: talked away with it somehow. We watched of smiles and. Did they not end shakes. up
2: enjoying it? Uh, there is. There's, a funny, there's a funny photo of. Aye, they heard the riff <laughs> <laughs> There's oh. a funny photo of a
0: few of us and the guy that ran against us. He's doing a mad people's eyebrow. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> I wore a fedora the full thing. So, you did? Oh, you did, eh? <laughs> <laughs> I was still kicking with the fedora <laughs> on. All the time I did it at the gym. You know it's just my hang. I'm about doing a 10k, my fedora. <laughs> fedora. <on.
1: laughs> anyway, so that was Morocco in a nutshell. So, uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Hit us up on the Patreon. And, uh, is it Patreon or Patreon? Patreon, I
2: think. You yeah, want to call it, Jimmy? if anybody wants to give us a few quid they can because we'd always appreciate it
1: we'd great to get a few quid so we could put it towards our next adventure
2: if you want to donate 50p or 50 pounds
1: there's a good you game can. we could play whoever donates the most money <laughs> will shout you out and, and dedicate one minute 40 seconds of the next podcast solely to you <laughs> so get those bucks flying in and then if you don't hear one minute 40 That means nobody's bothered their arse to (laughs) donate. But uh, that was Marrakesh in a nutshell for the La Fontaine's. Join us next week where we'll be sharing another story from uh, the concrete seas.
2: From the vault. From the vault. vault,
1: eh? Cheers.
0: (laughs) Even on a budget, quality is non negotiable.